0: This is Takeaway Only, a podcast about the hospitality industry in crisis. I'm Howie Kahn, and these are the stories of the people who take care of you. Today's guest is Jessica Koslow. Jessica's restaurants in Los Angeles, Squirrel and Onda, are two of the city's best. She was slated to open a third restaurant this week. Instead, with support from the Lee Initiative, Jessica will be turning Squirrel into a relief center to provide meals, groceries, and basic supplies to hospitality workers in need. Listen in as Jessica opens up about striving for safety, generating relief, keeping farmers engaged and paid, and who she turns to for grounding advice. The answer will surprise you. We're back Monday with an all-new guest. Please hit subscribe so you don't miss it. Stay tuned now for Jessica.
1: I've been trying to work a week out, and I've just realized that I can only work a day out. Um, And that's been a really big aha lesson for me, which is trying to... There's no way to know what starting Monday, what Saturday will look like right now for, for the restaurant industry. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at.
0: So you guys have made a big shift, I think starting today or tomorrow or, or soon. Tell, yeah. me what's, tell me what's going on at Squirrel. Tell me what's, what's brand new.
1: Yeah, so I mean, when this uh, started, when um, Stay In Place started, we, the first thing we did was um, continue to stay open but really change our way of business so you know from not letting anyone in to uh, making all of a sudden having all anyone who came for a walk-in had to place an order from a phone outside not taking or touching credit cards you know every single day something changed about like the way that we've laid out our space and the way that we worked with each other um, And so we stayed open because we realized that part of what we do at Squirrel is we it's it's familiar food that's for every day, you know, and in some ways inherently was made uh, to get through this time. You know, like we were 20 percent to go and we just transitioned very easily to 100 percent to go. Um, But there not only was a comfort in like the flavors and the taste of the food but also in like the look of how we present food that made people feel at least a little bit of beauty was coming through in this time. Um, And that's what resonated with me. It's like people were buying our bowls, our plates, um, and kind of replating the dishes the way that they are executed here at home, um, which was such a kind thing to do. Uh, But what we realized is that uh we weren't having the problem of not being busy we were having the the issue of being busy where there was fear from staff in terms of how to truly stay safe um and that is something that you know as a as a mentor as a leader you have to listen to if your team is not feeling safe no matter the precautions that we're doing to protect ourselves um, there's not really a way to, to continue operating at this time. Um, Postmates drivers were sometimes no gloves, no masks, like flip-flops, not taking precautions, not standing on Xs. Um, and it, it just became a, a center of fear for, for the team. So uh, we're transitioning on Friday the 3rd to no longer doing um, service for squirrel until kind of there's an equilibrium or a, or we get back to it. Yeah,
0: it's an interesting thing to confront as somebody who runs a restaurant suddenly having your staff be afraid.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it was a trickle. It was a, tr- and I think a lot of a lot of industry folks are going through this where. Um, uh, every day, even though I, some, some places are made maybe better than others because they're bigger spaces. For example, Onda is still open for to go. I I don't know how long, how much longer that is for sure, but the, the, the grandness of the space truly does allow for some sort of separation between you and anyone who's picking up. Um, There's a real divide because of, because of space, but um, with Squirrel it's a small, it's small. And not only are we tight with each other as a staff, but uh, it's hard to not engage with, with the public, even though you take precautions to place a bag down on a table that then the driver picks up. it's It's hard.
0: So you're not Closing squirrel outright. You guys are still going to be very busy. Can you tell me <laughs> about yeah. the the conversion and what you guys are going to be up to?
1: Yeah. You know, I had been talking to Nancy and Nancy's partner, Mike, for the last couple of weeks because I, uh, had wanted to do a relief center out of Onda. And Nancy, um,
0: of course, is Nancy Silverton from yeah, Moza. Yeah.
1: yeah. And then, uh, as, as time progressed, it moved over to Squirrel and Busy Phillips, the actor got behind the program and a couple other sponsors got behind it. So I was talking to, to them every day about, you know, how did they set up their systems? What were they doing? Um, and I, I was asking them, you know, our, our restaurants are fairly close, like maybe a mile and a half away from each other. So uh, two miles. Um, so I, I I wanted to know how it would look if we were both doing it at the same time. Would you know? Would we be offering different options from each? So I, I was in contact with them every day, and then Mike called me and said, "Look, we actually need to uh, stop doing this at Moza, and uh, I've I've let Ed know and Lindsay know about you and what you were trying to do, and would you take this on?" So literally uh, on Monday. I was talking to Mike in the morning, and by the afternoon, um, Moza's team had dropped off all of these supplies uh, that they had been holding onto to be putting into bags. Um, so I'm sitting here at Squirrel right now with like all of Moza's um, stockpile for, for, the, for, the, for the dinners.
0: I see the boxes in back of you. Yeah. For boxing dinners. Okay, so Ed and Lindsay are uh, from the Lee Initiative. They've been spearheading relief centers all over the country to feed unemployed restaurant workers and their family. Moza is close to you. It's also a much bigger restaurant.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, secretly Squirrel, though, is 5,000 square feet. We've Mm -hmm. taken over since in the past nine years.
0: More of your block.
1: More of the building. So now we have the entire ground floor of the building. And, you know, you and I had talked about Squirrel Away in 2013. Right. And, and now it's it was supposed to open today, actually. Uh,
0: <laughs> and, we did a story uh, in 2013 about the, the opening of Squirrel I, Away.
1: I know, I know. But since then, a lot has happened. And finally, uh, you know, we remodeled the place all last year and January 1st, we were in the new Squirrel Away and we had just started to like build what our pantry looked like. And then this all happened. But what we, what we found out is that the pantry was really important and valuable at this time. But at the same time, it was in conjunction with Squirrel, which was a challenging thing to do. So um, transitioning to doing just fully the relief center for three hours at night, serving 300 people a night, Um, meals that can just be ready to go and given to people in need felt like the right thing to do to to transition into at this time.
0: I mean, someone has to. Someone has to. You know, I mean, we've gone in the last two weeks from people being gainfully employed in, in all of these restaurants to people actually needing to find their next meal.
1: And as more places shutter. um... And yes, the grocery stores will remain open at some capacity, but as a uh, restaurants shutter and it's actually very challenging to even order something uh, online. Like if you try to order Whole Foods for delivery, it says unavailable. If you order Amazon Fresh, unavailable. So mm-hmm. any, any way to provide a meal for this community feels like the next step for us at this moment in time. I think the, the biggest challenge that I'm, I'm facing right now, and, and I've talked to Lindsay about this, is just like how to do this in a way that's still safe. Um, we thought about doing a calend- Calendly where people can sign up for their like, meal slot. Yeah. So that kind of relieve the idea of people like coming, rushing right at four. Um, because this is really a time where uh, we need to honor they, uh, staying in, in place. So, you know, my, my hope is that people really try to like pause for a second and think about how and when they show up. Um, Nancy was saying that it, it, it did go very well. There were X's down the street, but it didn't stop people from showing up at a certain time all together and kind of making it a little bit hard in to manage. Um, especially in a time where we need to be apart from each other,
0: is this for restaurant workers only? And if that's the case, no, it's for anybody who no, needs a, no. a meal. To me,
1: to me, this is for for hospitality, mm-hmm. and that can mean the person who cleans your hotel room, uh, your janitor. It can be your CDC. It really is meant to be about people whose lives have been dedicated to providing a sense of warmth and hospitality to to the rest of us, you know?
0: And do you have any sense whether it, it, it's only the people who are supposed to be showing up, showing up, or whether people at large from the community um, are hungry and want some food too?
1: I mean, I, th- I think we're going to get it all. Yeah. You know, I think it's going to, I saw yesterday when we posted it, people in Virgil village were tagging um, each other, um, which again, if that can be a place for community and as if we have the funding to do it for as long as we can, we will continue to do it no matter um, who shows up, you know, yeah.
0: How many people from your team are, are currently employed?
1: Um, everyone, there have been some that have been f- furloughed, but uh, we, did not, um, we did not fire anyone. And everyone who has healthcare benefits will continue to have healthcare benefits through the end of April. Um, so we're, we'll be covering their their healthcare. Nice. Um, at the end of April, we need to reassess what the future holds. I think at LA, you know, we probably have another two weeks beyond that before... Right now, it'll be stay in place until the end of April, but you know, I think people are predicting that it will continue into May. And um, at that time, I'll have to reassess what we do and how how we operate. I think everyone is taking this, you know, this is a great moment to actually think about what you do and how to do it, you know, in in a way that makes sense for the future. Um, Jeremy Fox and I were talking about what this means for dining in like will people want to share food you know if you're going out to dinner with your friends will people want to share food at onda we're gonna have to take tables out like we we really need to create uh, more comfortable seating arrangements where people are not tight on each other and i'm sure that goes for new york as well where people will not be able to uh the kind of tight seating it might take a while to get back to you know do you think people will share food?
0: Do I think people will share food? Um, I think people's responses are gonna be all different and I think it's gonna be very surprising. I can't, you know, I think about all the people I know and, and uh, you know, people I know are voracious eaters and big sharers in, in very intimate ways. And, and you just don't know coming back from something like this. I think some people will, I think some people won't. It's gonna be weird.
1: It's going to be
0: weird. It's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to be weird. There's almost no way to predict. I mean, this has never happened before. Some people might be more inclined to share just to sort of buck against what had happened and to feel more normal. And some people might bring their own utensils to restaurants. Mm-hmm.
1: That makes sense. Yeah. That's going to happen. It's going to
0: happen for sure. Yeah. Can you even bring your own utensils to restaurants? Is that allowed? <laughs> I, well, if
1: people can... Mm, I guess. I think there's nothing on, un- like, everything is on the table right now, you know. You know whatever, whatever makes people comfortable at this moment in time is, like, we have, to, we have to consider.
0: You know, one thing that's been making me comfortable is your jam. It's really <laughs> nice to be able to order it. Are you guys selling a ton of jam?
1: Oh my god, we, it is Christmas time here, and I, I'm actually worried that we will not have the stock to get us through this Christmas. <laughs> um because the types of orders that are coming through and now that we're saying i mean the the orders that are happening at squirrel right now because we're saying we're closing um is pretty out of control and then online orders are like christmas so i'm i'm grateful and i'm also like how do you how do i have the the labor force to 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 catch up you know
0: what does that mean in a volume amount what is the the volume of christmas <laughs>
1: I mean, we probably send out about twenty thousand jars in Christmas time. Maybe twenty-five. Wow! I, and it's you. It was done in my garage until last year. Now it's here.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so leveling up, but uh, you know, I, I think we've probably sent out about ten thousand jars at this moment.
0: That's incredible.
1: Uh, we'll continue to send them out over the course of the next few weeks. So. Yeah. I mean,
0: it makes me happy too for the the farmers who are part of that supply chain and where the fruit comes from. I mean, that's a huge, huge thing.
1: Absolutely, we got a call from Steve Murray yesterday um, saying, "Hey, can you take strawberries from us?" Rick's across, uh, who's a, a great farmer, and we we take a lot from him. He just texted me his list. We're going to be taking produce from Kong, uh, Tao Kong, to put into the uh, boxes. Um, to me, the most important things to have in the in those boxes are, are, yes, things that people need, toothpaste, detergent to wash their clothes, um, gloves at this moment. But also I think having produce from farmers and being able to like provide to them, the farmers, so that we can provide produce to, to those in need is uh, really important to keep the, the you know, cycle going.
0: So the scope of the relief you're providing actually goes beyond food.
1: Exactly. Yeah. It's It's food and provisions. And, you know, um, my idea of provisions are, are some basic needs, things like, like toothpaste and then, um, produce from, from farmers that, um, we love and want to continue to support through this time. So, yeah, I mean, I think the the best thing we could do is open as a relief center, be a relief center, not only for industry workers, but farmers truly. Um, and hopefully use this time to make some jam. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm going to order more. I'm just Aww. just plowing through it.
1: I know. it's The jars are too small. I know.
0: I was actually just talking to somebody else today about another product and I was telling them they have to make pandemic size because it just goes too fast. Yeah. How's, um you know, being in, in New York, the anxiety level is uh, New York quality anxiety level. What's it like in, in LA right now? How are people responding to this in, in the industry? Things always feel a little smoother in Los Angeles, but is is that the case now?
1: I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think Jer- like Jeremy and I talk once a week and I went and picked up some essentials uh corn aka corn beef from him the other day so good that's so good and uh, yeah and his olive loaf so good and and it his was olive
0: just, loaf video did you see the <laughs> making of the olive loaf
1: 12 hour olive loaf
0: everybody needs to go on instagram and find jeremy fox's uh igtv video about how to make olive loaf it is meditative and really cool
1: yeah it was delicious too um and and it was just Honestly, it was good to see him from six feet away. You know, I think we we're we're in this Zoom land now, and mm-hmm. so actually like seeing someone in your industry who's like grappling with the same things in the flesh like it was it was important because I I think we're living in a Zoom land. We're also living in a text land where now everyone's checking in on each other over text like, how you doing? I'm thinking about you, and you're like, I, I can't even like respond to you right now because I am dealing with so like literally a pile of shit you know
0: yeah Yeah.
1: so i i think i mean i cried this weekend i'm i do not cry and i i broke down this weekend on on saturday uh in onda and i was just like i could not control it and
0: uh what was the thing that that finally put you over the edge
1: i think what put me over the edge was like I, i feel like i'm taking on so much weight you know i'm taking on so much weight from really like filling in gaps because you know we are we have to staff a certain way and not being able to do it all and realizing that if i don't do it who's going to do it yeah and just feeling just really feeling underwater you yeah. know and and that's been my for for people texting me and saying hey you know like how are you doing? My thing, my response to them is like, I love you very much and I will talk to you when I'm above water. And so I think a lot of us are feeling that way. Um, Not only taking on the pressure and fear of our staff um, because it is, it's a real fear and, and being a leader and continuing to, to move on and, Also knowing, I think the pressure comes from knowing that there's no right answer, you know? Like you stay open, you're putting someone at risk. You close, will you ever reopen? And it's, uh, I, I think, you know, the reason why you stay open has to do with, again, being a anchor for the community that needs you. And, and I really feel that truly for squirrel that it is an anchor and the support back has shown me that we're an anchor. Um, but it's just, yeah, sometimes it's just like the valve. You got to relieve that, relieve release that pressure valve. And, um, you know, we're just humans. We don't know all the answers. We just don't know the answers.
0: It's an interesting thing. I mean, when things are normal, and you see the line down the street to get into Squirrel, and it's, you know, it's a lot of the same people who come in every day. Mm -hmm. You know, you get the sense that you are at a place where people are regulars. Um, But now, there's a different urgency about a restaurant being the center of a community, because it's not all about pleasure and casual work meetings and a great coffee. It's, it's, it's about Going to a place you feel like you need to go, and that's one of the things I'm missing so much. The place I would go when something's hard is not there.
1: Yeah, and and I and in some ways, what I've been saying to people is a latte is a luxury, like it was something oh God we took for granted every day. Like, uh, and I, you know, I'm more of a cortado lady.
0: Yeah, I would um, love a cortado.
1: <laughs> I know, but it's a luxury, yeah. and. uh, w- even that little piece of luxury, like, is something that we could be in every day that we provided, you know? And I, I do see that we're seeing a lot of our regulars coming in to support us right now. Um, and honestly, to have nine years under our belt at Squirrel and to have built that sense of community, like, it, it, breaks, it breaks my heart, like, in a, in a beautiful way. Like, to know that I, I was able to accomplish that is really special. And then I, I look at a place like Onda and, and I think about this for restaurants in general, because I, I do think I'm seeing both sides of the coin. I see a restaurant that's been given 10 years to develop and become an anchor. And so it's like 35,000 feet. It's above the clouds and it's just thunder and lightning below. And then you have a new restaurant where it opened for breakfast and lunch and was like transitioning into that anchor in that part of town two weeks before this really pandemic um, started to rear and it doesn't have, and it's under the clouds, you know, and it's just struck by lightning on takeoff. And uh, there are a lot of restaurants like that in LA that are just new, trying to get their footing, trying to get people in the door, and um, don't really have a chance to be that anchor, you know.
0: I mean, I've talked to people who are, you know, literally supposed to open their first restaurant ever this week, which is heartbreaking. They might not open at all.
1: I, I feel like, is that true? Like, I, some I like...
0: people I've talked to are, are a little bit worried about how to start paying. You know, it, it, it's all about rent relief.
1: It's rent relief. Yeah.
0: You know, they, w- they will open if they can get some rent relief, but having a new business and having to pay your first month's rent without any income. It's, it's, a, it's a very difficult proposition. Um, you had mentioned, we were talking about anxiety and, and sadness and you know you kind of taking your moment to cry on Saturday. Do you find yourself also being the person a lot of other people turn to with tears?
1: Oh, yeah. 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 What's, mean, what's that think, like? I think industry people um, do. Um, I think industry people do. And some of my, definitely some of my staff have just approached me with, with their sense of fear. Um, I think some people, I think employees sometimes have a hard time truly telling their, their boss, you know, what their true fears are. Yeah. Um, and It's,
0: it's unprofessional, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, and as a boss, you kind of can't also let down your veil of like, you know, I was just a, a ball of tears, you know, there's, it's, it's in a way, sometimes when you're in this position, you're not really seen as human, or that you're taking, you know, what's going on into consideration. Um, so it, it's a hard, it's a hard um, position to be in, especially right now, in a time when the, the right is, there's not a right, yeah.
0: What do you What do you look towards when you're trying to gather yourself and trying to gather the strength? Is there a, a place you seek inspiration, or a moment of calm, or a person you talk to? What's helpful? Is it just reaching down and finding the inner strength? Is it petting your dog?
1: <laughs> I think our dog. I think I think every uh, everyone is adopting dogs right now. And you can't
0: cat- get a dog. All the all the dogs are adopted
1: it's i mean it it truly is uh a, it's therapy right now like to have a pet is is or or if, like your family you know like how 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 much you appreciate them as a unit becomes a lot more yeah i think it becomes highlighted in the now um I have a friend who's a winemaker in Napa who I like to talk to because he basically has self isolated himself his entire life Hmm. Uh, Lives uh, in diamond mountain, uh, basically in a, and I always in a cabin in the woods that like, you, you don't know how you got there and you could see people going missing there. Um, and so I, I like to talk to him as someone who, who lives a life of solitude. Like I think he finds what's happening to us very fascinating. So, you know, basically like talking to someone from the 1800s.
0: Who is this genius hermit?
1: <laughs> uh, his name is Kate Modi and he has a, a wine project called Beta and j Um And uh, yeah, he...
0: Oh, that's great. That's like having like your own personal monk at your disposal.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Dial monk. What an idea.
1: Dial monk. So I like to, to get in touch with him because he's... He's currently. I, I mean, he's like I, I'm. I'm digging holes in the ground and I'm, you know, planting vines and uh, kind of. It's almost like he, that the world that's happening to us is not, uh, a part of his purview. So it's, it's fascinating, it's, it's fascinating to, to to know someone who finds a lot of art and joy in isolation. Mm-hmm. I think that's the goal. Is like there's a lot of people drinking a lot right now watching a lot of TV, and I, I am too, like, uh, Tiger King, done, <laughs> Love is Blind, done, Netflix, done, but there's a lot that can be taken as, as advice from someone who finds a lot of joy and a lot of productive t- work done in solitude, in isolation.
0: Uh, you will be with other humans for the rest of the day. So what what is what does your day look like? Just to give everybody a sense of what it all is.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so sitting next to me is a printer. I'm printing out all the labels that uh, the jam orders go to. Um, we're behind and we're trying to catch up as quickly as we can. So we've got a lot of orders that need to go out. So... In 20 minutes, someone is coming in to start packing orders. Uh, I'm here at Squirrel. I'm going to go walk our dog, and then I end up over at Onda and um, deal with things over there. Drop off a jam delivery to a cheese shop, and then head back over to Squirrel. So it's it's a lot.
0: And you're starting the relief center on April 3rd.
1: April fourth. So April fourth. Yeah, part of uh, needing to come back is my team that is uh, flipping into the relief center. Uh, we have a meeting tonight to to talk about like what we're doing, what our systems are, how how we're setting it up. Um, we've we've really already talked through it for the past couple of weeks, but dialed in our ordering now. So you know, I would say the majority of our squirrel team is going on furlough after the third, and the team that's remaining. Um, has to take over ordering systems. I mean, it's a lot of work still.
0: What's going on with your jam book?
1: <laughs> I mean, I guess it couldn't be a better time to to be at home cooking jam. Um, 100% it, true. It comes out in July. And it's something that uh, I've been working on since 2016. That, that book took three years to, to make. And part of it was because every year, We would make another jam or forget to shoot that jam that was made uh, or the fruit or the dollop of it finished like something happened where one piece of the puzzle was not done. So it took a long time, but uh, it's a really, really, it's a beautiful book and it's the perfect way to learn how to can for now.
0: I'm gonna pre-order it now. I'm gonna put it in another jam order. I have one last question for you. The show is called Takeaway Only, and I'm wondering what your big takeaway is from this moment.
1: I mean, I think my takeaway is to 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 be malleable, to understand that life is always going to have its curveballs, and um, to know that that's part of part of this ride is like a true joy of doing. You know, it's it's really how how to take the good and the bad, you know. I, I married this life basically. So, you know, I take it for the good and the bad and the sick and the poor. So here you've, I go.
0: You've you've said your vows and you're sticking to them.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Jessica Koslow, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you.
1: I appreciate you. Thank you so much.
0: That was Jessica Koslow. You can follow her on Instagram at prosciutto snacks and follow Squirrel at Squirrel LA. Coming up Monday, a call to Copenhagen with Rocio Sanchez. Thank you so much for listening. Takeaway Only is produced by Casey Khan, Rob Corso, and me, Howie Kahn, for Free Time Media. Our logo is by Raynald Felipe B-Polls. Music by John Palmer. Special thanks to Kristen Millar, Antoine Ricardou, Raphael Weil, and the whole team at Welcome. Check out their important community building work at welcomeconference.org. We're back Monday. This is Takeaway Only.